Hello, and welcome to the Title Pending Podcast. I'm your host, Listen Every Week. My name is Willow. Your name is whatever your name is, and today is Tuesday, April 21st. Yesterday was April 20th, otherwise known as 420, and even though I wanted to spend the entire day off my ass, sleeping, high, watching The Big Lebowski, and, you know, vibing, I spent uh, most of it with a migraine, actually, which kind of sucked, and then I spent some of it um, on Twitter, seeing some really upsetting things. Um, I'm not gonna get too into it, I'm just gonna pretty much reiterate what I said on Twitter. Um, I don't stand for that type of shit. Um, anyone who, you know, knows what's going on knows who I'm talking about. Um, I have deleted my podcast with this person. I don't wish to give them a platform. I don't wish to publicly or privately, you know, be friends with this person. And even though I do recognize that people grow up and change, um, 18 is way too old to be saying that shit. Sorry. So, um, I don't fuck with that, and I want that to be clear. Um, I will publicly, you know, say that shit about anybody, any of my friends. Um, anybody who- Because I've always been the type of person to be like, no, deplatform abusers, deplatform racists, you know, call out your shitty friends, um, for the shitty things they do. And in the local scene that I'm in, there are a lot of shitty people doing a lot of shitty things, and then being, you know, standing idly by as their friends do shitty things, and- you know, since this came to light, um, my friendship with this person was not deep, it was not, you know, I I didn't really know this person that well until the past, I want to say, like, six months, maybe, um, so I didn't know them before when these things came to light, or, like, when these things happened, I had no idea, and I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna believe the people who say, you know, that they've known him, and, Either way, I'll stand for that shit regardless. So, we're moving on now. (laughs) That's all I wanted to say about that. Not dropping any names, not explaining the situation again. If you know what's going on, you know what's going on. If you don't, you don't need to worry about it. You're not involved. Um, I will consistently stand with victims over anything else. But we're going to get to the real subject of today's video, which is Twilight! I'm really excited I do this podcast because it's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. It's something that a lot of my followers, um, also do, um, either that, whether they do now or not, I don't know, but, like, a lot of my followers, a lot of my mutuals were also Twilight fans, um, when they were younger, and they also understand why it's so important to talk about it. Um, I don't want to sound ridiculous, but I'm gonna sound ridiculous anyway, because talking about the Twilight saga, um, is not something I ever expected to do on the podcast, but... A lot of my mutuals who listen to the podcast actually are Twilight fans, so I thought, you know, might as well uh, cater to the masses <laughs> and, um, you know, just talk about Twilight. Um, another, you know, quick disclaimer, um, this is mostly going to be focused on the movies um, because that is the aspect of this whole franchise that I was, like, 100% in, like, The books were really good. I read all the books. I read the books, um, starting in, I want to say third grade, um, and I finished them maybe the summer before fourth grade, um, and at that time, those were big books for me, like, like, I was reading some pretty big books, like, I had, like, a really high reading level, um, I have what's called gifted kid syndrome, so, like, I, you know, I withdrew from my classes this semester, um, and I'm gonna try again in the fall, but up until high school, I was, like, a genius, you know, I got honors, high honors, I 
knew a lot of things that didn't matter. <laughs> I read a lot. Um, I was really good at math. And then, you know, late middle school, early high school hit, and I became an average student. And then depression hit, and then I became a below average student. And then I graduated high school, and then I took a gap year, and then I became a like way below average student. And then I withdrew from my classes, and now I'm not a student. And maybe I'll be a student in the fall again, but that's not the point of this podcast. <laughs> we don't need to talk about my education history. Um, I have a full-time job. Like, I'm, I'm still figuring that out, although right now I need to file for unemployment, but there's a lot going on. It, you know, regardless of what my shit show of a life is, um, Twilight has been a big part of it. So I got into Twilight in elementary school with a lot of the other girls who liked Twilight. Now, before I get into, like, the actual plot of the movie, one huge thing I noticed about Twilight is that it got ripped to shreds by everyone. And now, let me be clear. I know that it's not a great movie. It it doesn't highlight any sort of healthy relationship aspects at all. I'm aware of that. But <laughs> the reasons it got made fun of then are not the same reasons it gets made fun of now. And I'm aware of that. It got made fun of then when it came out and got really popular because it was pop made popular by girls. And people, whether they be, like, older people, or boys, or the girls who were like, I'm not like other girls, before they realized that was toxic behavior, decided that Twilight was to be frowned upon, Twilight was to be, you know, discarded, it was, it has a huge significance for a lot of people. And it has a huge cultural significance, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, <clears throat> So I'm here in defense of Twilight, regardless of the fact that it is, it highlights such horrible behavior in relationships. I, I watched the whole saga recently because we're in quarantine and there's really nothing else you can do. Um, so I watched the whole series again and there's a lot wrong with it, but at the same time, I remembered why it was so good for me as like a young girl who was like very, you know, socially not really the greatest and like didn't have too many friends and like the friends I did have were like as weird as I was Twilight Twilight was a coping mechanism let's be real okay so we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it the first movie is Twilight and um for those of you who don't know the plot basically um Bella Swan is a 17 year old girl from Forks Washington who moved to Arizona to be with her mother and then she decides to move back to Forks for some reason, to live with her father. That's never really explained in the movies, um, why she moves to Forks, besides the fact that her mother has met Phil and they travel a lot, maybe? I don't know that if that's why, but she moves to Forks, which is this rainy, like, you know, cloudy, gloomy place in Washington, and she meets all these people who instantly love her because she's, you know, I guess conventionally attractive, I don't, I don't know what the whole deal is with every one of her friends being immediately fascinated by her, because she, if we're being real, she doesn't have the biggest personality, especially in the movies. I don't remember what she was like in the books, to be completely fair, um, but in the movies, she was very bland, um, 
still love her to death, still, you know, the reason I'm very gay to this day, but she did not have that big of a personality, so I never really understood why people in the movies, like, her friends in the movies were so drawn to her, and this continued until they graduated. Like, the newness never wore off for some reason, but anyway, she, she goes to high school, she meets all these people that are in love with her, and then she meets Edward. Now, the introduction she gets is the funniest thing ever, because, you know, how in, like, small-town high school movies, like, everybody knows everybody? This remains the same here, only, you know, Jessica, who is giving the introduction, you know, knows nothing about them, obviously, but she, her description of everyone is so just vapid, <laughs> and she, she's portrayed as such, like, a a shallow character, and she, she doesn't seem to really like Bella as the story goes on, but in the first, in the first one, she is, you know, trying to be Bella's friend, I guess, and they remain friends, like, she goes to Bella's wedding, but, like, they remain friends the whole time, but she is constantly just saying these things that just don't, she doesn't seem like a great person, <laughs> like, I understand the Cullens are, like, weird, but, like, she so judgy and I guess that's what high school is but like I was never I don't know I was never like that so I never really related to Jessica but anyway she introduces all the Cullens and like they're all together and it's weirdly incestuous and then she introduces Edward and how he's like super handsome and you know you see him smirk when she says this because obviously we know she can hear he can hear her um she's like oh no one here is good enough for him implying that she's not good enough for him um, and I always wonder if, like, if this book were written by someone, you know, that wasn't Stephanie Myers, who is this Mormon, very, like, conservative person, um, if this book would have more character development, I wonder if Jessica would have made a move on Edward. Because there's this, like, long-running insinuation that Jessica is into Edward, kind of. Like, it's not developed, obviously, because this book was written for children, but, um... She just, you know, even at Bella's wedding, she hints that, oh, he, like, you know, Bella's not the captain of the volleyball team, Bella's not the valedictorian, Bella's not this, Bella's not that, like, during her speech, pretty much saying, like, why Bella, why not me? And I'm curious to see if that, like, if that would have played out in a different, like, in another world where Edward, you know, was more careless and, you know, more impulsive with his behaviors if he would have dated Jessica. I wonder how that would have gone. I don't think she would have st stood for the same shit that Bella did, but, um, that's beside the point. Um, rewrite Twilight, but make, Be uh, Jessica the main character. Thank you, and we're moving on. So, turns out Bella and Edward have biology together, and this scene is my favorite thing in the world, and that is something that, like, I will never, like, understand, really. Um, basically... She sits next to Edward in biology. Well, first, okay. First she walks in, she's walked in to biology class, and there's a fan at the front of the room, and she walks by the fan, and her scent is blown towards Edward, and then Edward makes the most disgusted face. You know, not like, ooh, that smells weird. He, like, you know, shoves both of his hands over his nose. He is writhing in pain, it seems, and, like, I understand the insinuation of, like, oh, she smells so good, like, I can't be next to her, I can't be around her, I'm gonna eat her, um, but it 
comes across more as like you smell like shit. <laughs> Again, I realize this movie is so poorly directed and written and just so cringy and it's so funny to go like go back on it and still enjoy it. Like I can quote the whole movie scene for scene, beat for beat, and I'm not ashamed of it, but watching this movie back, man, I understand why people made fun of it. It was not a good movie. However, it was not made fun of the reason made fun of for the reasons that it's made fun of for now. I already said that. Basically, it's made fun of because it was made popular by women and like girls really liked it and they were drawn to it and they enjoyed it and like girls aren't allowed to like things because then they become basic or they become like cringy and then there are those I'm not like other girls. I like Harry Potter instead. And like bitch, I was both. I liked both. I was team Edward, I was team Cedric, I was team Harry Potter like Percy Jackson, bitch, I was all in to the mythical world. Let me enjoy the vampires. All right, moving on. So we move then to Edward trying to transfer out of biology. And this scene makes me laugh so hard just by how it just leaves nothing to be desired. You know what I mean? Like it tells you everything that's going down. Um, meaning, um, he's, he's in the, in the office trying to fix his schedule and he's like, there's gotta be something else nothing else and like the secretary's like nothing else is open you have to stay in biology so this as bella walks in obviously so like she sees him trying to transfer out of biology and yeah it could have it could have been a little more subtle with him trying to transfer out of biology like oh there's got to be something else no i'm sorry you have to stay in this class or like you know nothing else is open you have to remain with your schedule or whatever but like guess you'll have to stay in biology like that one class that she has with him is like the reason he's switching like everybody needs to be aware that he is switching because of her like we all knew that but it is just so blatant <laughs> like just so obvious that that's why he's transferring out and of course she walks in right at the the exact moment where he she's like oh you have to stay in biology and then he goes oh i guess i have to endure it and like walks by her and this angry like grr, whatever um whatever Anyway, <laughs> so he's not there for a couple days, and, um, she gets invited to La Push Beach, and then she invites Edward to La Push Beach, but obviously Edward doesn't show up to La Push Beach, he bails on her, and this is where Jacob comes in with the legends. Now, <laughs> so they're at La Push Beach, Bella is hanging out with Jacob, because Edward bailed on her, um, Jacob's friend said something weird about the Cullens don't come here and then she asked Jacob about it and he explains the whole legends of like oh Kuliots are descended from wolves and the Cullens are vampires right sure just like Jacob at this point doesn't believe the legends he doesn't like I mean as we progress in the series obviously he's a werewolf like they're real like it all happened he understands the treaty more but in this first installment he thinks it's all bullshit, so he's, like, laughing about it, and he's, like, making fun of her, and she's like, no, wait, cold ones, vampires, Edward's a vampire, fucking duh, so she does her own research, and he, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> he comes back, his eyes are a different color, um, and they hang out in biology, and, or this might, this might come first, this might become before the, the push scene but either way they're hanging out 
in biology, they're talking to each other, he introduces himself this time, and they, like, go back and forth with the phases of mitosis, and that is such a cringy scene. It's prophase. You mind if I check it? And then she, like, tries to play it back, and he doesn't understand, and, like, it's just really weird to watch. Um, and then in the hallway they're walking, and then she realizes his eyes have changed color, and she asks, did you get contacts? You know, like a normal person. He goes, it's the fluorescence. Like, what kind of, like, why can't you just... I saw this argument somewhere, but, like, just say they're contacts, man. Fluorescence? Bro, what does that even fucking mean? Anyway, we move along to the van scene, which was one of my favorite scenes when I first watched the movie, and I I couldn't tell you why for the life of me. Excuse me. It's time for me to take my medication. Um, but basically... She is standing by her vehicle with a bunch of friends, um, in the parking lot, and then Edward is standing on the other side of the parking lot with his family, um, and this van comes out of nowhere and almost kills Bella, pretty much, almost crushes her, but she is saved by none other than Edward Cullen, so whatever, um, she is confused as fuck as to how he pushed an entire van away from her and the the kid driving is like apologizing profusely whatever they go to the hospital carlisle's the doctor he like she tries to tell him all these things that happened like oh your your son saved my life like he pushed the van out of the way and everybody's like what the fuck like carlisle's trying to keep his cool and then edward's caught yeah, Edward's caught by Carlisle and Rosalie, and they're pretty much lecturing him, like, why the fuck did you do that? You're blowing our cover. Everybody's gonna know we're vampires. And she's like, well, I wasn't gonna let her die. And they were like, well, no, but whatever. Like, Carlisle is more, like, calm about it, because, like, he he saves lives all the time. Like, he's a doctor, but he also, like, saved all his kids' lives or whatever. And then he gaslights Bella, <laughs> which, like, not a great beginning to any relationship, but... Um, basically she, she's like, I know what I saw, whatever, and he's like, well, no one's gonna believe you, and why can't you just say thank you and get over it, and all this other crap, and then this continues for a really long time, and then she does her research after the little push scene, and she's like, wait a minute, you're a vampire, so they go into the woods, (laughs) and she pretty much outs him to him, she's like, I know what you are, (laughs) say it out loud, (laughs) the iconic dialogue that everybody makes fun of, because it's so ridiculous, and, you know, he, she calls her, him out, and he's like, hey, you're a vampire. And they're all like, Edward's like, fuck. Yeah. And then he, like, pretty much shows her that he's a vampire, and then he's like, this is the skin of a killer, as he steps in the sunlight and sparkles. <laughs> Which, like, I was a huge fan of, let me just say. I was a big, big fan of, um, the sparkling vampire. Don't know why. Um, could not tell you. I bought a lot of merch that says, uh, my boyfriend sparkles and all that other crap. Um, like, you like men who are tan or something, and my boyfriend sparkles. I don't remember what the merch said exactly, but I had a lot of it, and I was, like, ten. Um, but basically, you know, she falls in love with him, and we don't really know why, because they don't know anything about each other. She meets his whole family, and whatever. They, like, it's a great, you know, the plot is continuous she's dating him they're in love suddenly it's been like two weeks um and then the baseball scene hits 
and we realize that she is in danger because not all vampires only eat animal blood. They are people who's like they're vampires who still eat human blood. So they're in the baseball during a thunderstorm, and then these three like nomadic, horrible vampires, James, Victoria, and Laurent. You know, they uh, they catch them playing baseball, and they're all like, oh shit, they're gonna eat Bella, so they, like, try to disguise her scent, they try to, like, make her seem like she's a vampire, and then the wind blows, and then everybody smells her, and they're like, oh shit. So, they run away, and James is on a mission to eat Bella, because apparently Edward, like, overreacted and is like, no, I love her, pretty much, in his, like, stance, and, like, in his protection of Bella. You know, he would die for her, because we all, we all know that. Um, so James is like, nah, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt your bitch just because I like to torment people. So he goes on this rampage and they go to fucking Phoenix and they end up in a ballet studio and then that whole scene happens and that is the scene that I first saw of Twilight, um, which is like the, the climax of the movie and I'm, I'm over my friend's house. I'm like eight years old at the time. My mom and her mom are watching it on the living room TV, and we are told to go into the, the side room. So I keep the door open, and I watch through the door, because I'm eight years old, and it's like, oh, you're not supposed to be watching this, it's too adult, it's too gory, it's really not, it's, like, appropriate for everybody. it's not that big of a deal. However, um, I mean, my mom didn't care, but her mom was like, yeah, I prefer if you guys didn't watch this at my house, and we were like, okay, so I was, like, watching through the door, and I was watching Bella, like, be turned into a vampire and then not turned into a vampire and I was like what's going on and then I was like why do I like this so much so I watched the whole first movie like that night or something I was like whoa what is this and I did my own research and you know I found the books and I read all the books after that um and then each movie that came out after that I saw in theaters I saw multiple times I bought every single you know I was very obsessed with Twilight and that movie changed my life I'm gonna be honest with you and you know, I could go into the whole relationship of Bella, Edward, and Jacob, and maybe I will in, like, a few minutes, but let me explain. So, I saw the entirety of Twilight for the first time, and I was obsessed with it. Like, it was 2008, I was eight years old, um, and I had fallen in love with this franchise in the middle of my Harry Potter phase. So, I was in, during, like, reading the third book, um, I think the... The sixth movie had yet to come out. They were still making Harry Potter movies. Um, the sixth and the seventh, part one and two, had not come out yet. Um, so I was, like, reading the books then, and then I, Twilight came out in 2008, and I was like, I want to read this instead. So I stopped reading Harry Potter for a really long time so I could finish the entire Twilight saga. So I read all four books, and then watched, you know kept up with everything, and then was reading Harry Potter on the side, but Twilight was, like, my main focus. I bought the soundtrack, I bought, like, my friend had the Seen It game for New Moon that we played quite a bit. Um, I, like, super, super into, like, the board game that I had. I had card games. I had so much merch. All of my posters, like, I was sharing a room with my sister at the point, at this point, um, and I, I had a top bunk, so I had, like, a, like, a frame of space near my bed, and it was covered in, like, magazine cutouts of Kristen and Edward, Edward? Robert Pattinson, and, you know, movie posters and, like, book posters that came with, like, the, the movie edition of the book that they re-released. Like, I had two versions of every book. Um, I think I got rid of our movie 
editions, but I, I still own every copy of the book. My mom read the books first because she was super into the series too. She was a Twilight mom. So we list, we watched the movies together. We read the books together. We talked about it together. We were both Team Edward for a really long time. I don't know if she ever like switched up on me. Um, and let me explain my my logic behind being Team Edward real quick. Let me start by saying they're both horrible to her. Uh, and Bella was a lesbian. Seeing that now, as a 20-year-old, does not negate the fact that I am still Team Edward. For, you know, in retro, in retrospect, to see my younger self. You know what I mean? <laughs> my younger self was Team Edward, and I think it's because Bella was Team Edward. Through and through, she says she was Switzerland in, like, Eclipse or something, but she was team edward now let me let me explain real quick first of all anybody who's team jacob why i want to know why i want to understand your point of view we can have a discussion i don't understand and you probably don't understand why i'm team edward that's why i'm probably going to explain it to you team edward edward was a piece of shit however he learned from his mistake he is an old like 109 i think he originally left Bella because he thought he put her in danger and he thought he wasn't good enough for her. So he decided, I'm going to leave your life. You're going to, you know, be whoever you need to be without me where it's going to be like, you've never met me before. And like Bella's already like head over heels in love with, with Edward at this point. So she freaks out and she starts hanging out with Jacob and Jacob maybe objectively is the better choice because overall he's human and like he he lives and dies a human life um he's not a bloodsucker he doesn't kill people he doesn't you know whatever he may be part dog but <laughs> he's not you know he's not like immortal you know what i mean like he has some weird shit going on but he's not 200 something years old dead cold lifeless thing so maybe objectively he's the better option for her as a human however he cannot take no for an answer edward after abandoning bella like they're in a codependent relationship she can't live without him it's unhealthy as fuck however after he comes back he realizes that and realizes that she won't be by herself so he can't force her to do anything she doesn't want to do if she's that in love with him he's not gonna leave her even though he he thinks it's healthier because he he cares for her more than he cares for i mean he cares for her either way but he realizes he learns her way of coping is more codependent than you know oh i'm gonna leave and you're gonna learn to heal by yourself like edward is like no I want to protect you. I don't want that to happen again. I realize it's my fault. It's not his fault. If he had left, like, a normal person and Bella was a normal person, eventually she probably would have ended up with Jacob, I'm going to be honest. But when Edward comes back and she continuously chooses Edward over Jacob, Jacob doesn't take no for an answer. Jacob keeps trying. Jacob continuously says that he's the better option for her. And even though that may be true... He doesn't see Bella's opinion of this whole thing as 
important or valid. He only sees Edward as in the way. He he doesn't see Bella as, like, able to make her own choices with him around. Which, you know, maybe a little bit true? I don't know. It's a totally, like, unrealistic situation, first of all. And also, like, a very unhealthy three-way love triangle anyway. All three of them are horrible to each other. And it's miserable to, like, watch them fight and, like, I know there's a lot of angst. And I really enjoyed that as a kid because I was angsty. But, like, the whole thing is just, like, no, I love her more. No, I love her more. And then he's, like, she's, like, no, 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 no. I love you guys equally. And I choose Edward. (coughs) Excuse me. Emotionally, maybe. Jacob's my best friend. And Jacob doesn't understand that he's, like, still important to Bella. He just wants to be in a relationship with Bella. He's basically, like, the nice guy only being friends with her to get in her pants. Which is kind of sick. Like, kind of sucky. And maybe, maybe I'm missing something on Jacob's part. But, like, I'd, when I rewatch the movies, and, again, this is mostly based on the movies, the books are completely, you know, a whole other discussion <laughs> because of how much is different. But the way that Jacob treated Bella because she chose Edward, or because she chose to be a vampire. It's just not fair, in my opinion, because she did make that decision herself. Edward didn't even want to change her, and he he didn't want to see her, like, turn into that. He'd, he would have rather her live and die a human life, and she chose to be a vampire. You know, the circumstances, obviously, of her having her kid and then dying was not her choice. But, although up until that point it kind of was because she wanted to have the kid for some fucking reason. Um, but the whole thing is pretty much just her deciding she wants to be a vampire and she wants to be with Edward and she decided, she chose Edward immediately. Jacob was trying to change her mind. It wasn't like she was between the two. She only kissed Jacob because she didn't want to lose his friendship and that was the only way to do it because Jacob is a nice guy, quote unquote, piece of shit. And that is where I stand on that. But Twilight overall is a huge, you know, I think it's misunderstood. (laughs) I don't want to say that specifically because I know a lot of the arguments about Twilight being an unhealthy representation of a relationship is completely true, especially the movie um, Codependency and Abandonment and Abuse, whether it be emotional or mental. Um, Edward's pretty, pretty shady, pretty manipulative sometimes. Jacob's pretty verbally abusive, um, and very hurtful towards Bella. Bella doesn't really deserve either one of them. She deserves to be with a woman. Um, Alice. Excuse me. Anyway. However. However. This movie and this franchise in general had, like, this huge impact on my life, feeling as though I could enjoy this- these things without, you know, needing to explain myself. I I enjoyed the mythical world quite a bit, and this was one that was kind of geared towards younger girls, so I felt as- I felt really comfortable within my Twilight world for a really long time. I, like, pretended to be in Twilight. I pretended I was Bella for a really long time. Um, Max and Sienna, I think, are aware of this, but when I was younger, I would play Twilight, quote-unquote, which would mean I would go into my friend at the time's backyard, because she had, like, woods and stuff, and we would run around pretending to run really, really fast, and I would stay inside in the summer for most of the summer. Um, I would would go outside sometimes, but, like, I would try my best not to tan, because I tanned really well, because I'm, you know, 
I'm Lebanese. I, I got some melanin sometimes in me. Um, like, I'm really pale in the winter. But in the, like, I tan really well. Like, you know, I, I get the sun. And the sun makes me brown as opposed to makes me red, which is great. And I love that now. Um, but when I was younger, I hated that I tanned really well because I wanted to be pale like everyone in Forks. So I stayed inside during a lot of the summer because I wanted to be pale. I would only go out when it rained. I would, you know, stay in the shade quite a bit. And like, that only lasted like maybe a year. And then I was like, fuck it. I want to go. I want to go play outside. I want to be in the sun. Um, but Twilight was a huge part of my life. I would like buy every Twilight related item. I possibly could. Dude, if I were into Pops and they made Twilight Pops, I would have had them all. I'm gonna go see if they exist after this. They have to exist somewhere. They were huge. Were Pops a thing in 2008? I don't even know, to be honest with you. But that whole franchise, like, I saw everything after Twilight in theaters. Like, I saw New Moon, Eclipse, and both parts of Breaking Dawn in theaters, like, the day or the week that they came out. And I was obsessed there were fan events that I wanted to go to that I couldn't because I was a baby and my mom wasn't going to take me. But I wanted I watched um, Comic-Con panels when they happened, like, right after they were released on YouTube. I was constantly watching interviews. Um, and Twilight was the way I found Paramore. Like, everybody... I have to sneeze. Hold on. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> um, excuse me, wow. But, like... Twilight soundtrack was released. Two songs on that soundtrack were Paramore songs, and those were the two first Paramore songs that I heard, and I fell in love. And then I watched the interview where Robert Pattinson and Haley Williams interviewed each other, and, like, they were flirting, and it was weird. Um, or Robert Pattinson was flirting. I don't know if Haley was back, but, like, he was into her, and you could all, you could tell. Um, so then I found Paramore that way. You know, I uh, bought Riot, I bought Guitar Hero because Misery Business was on it, and then I played that, and Haley Williams was in the game. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, and then I got super into Paramore and then kind of faded out. Like, I still watched Twilight until the series was finally released in theaters and on DVD. Like, I was still a Twilight fan up until the end of Breaking Dawn era. But, you know, that led me to so many other things and, like, helped me discover, like, other vampire things. Like... House of Night was a series that I read, um, that I stopped reading because it had, like, 13 books and I just wasn't having it. But, you know, just certain things have grown from that obsession, and that was, like, my first fixation on something crazy. Like, I personally don't really fixate on movies or franchises. I'm not really, like, on Stan Twitter for anything like that, but if Stan Twitter existed and I was old enough to be on it when Twilight was a thing, I would have run that shit into the ground. I would have been the go-to Twilight fangirl. That being said, I would have defended everything until I died. Now I understand that it is a pretty problematic franchise, um representing super unhealthy relationships um but it, it was and it deserved a lot more credit than it was given I think um in the way that like there were so many backstories that could have been expanded um and whether Stephanie decided not to or you know as the as series went on it just wasn't important 
I feel as though this movie franchise could have been something bigger than it was. And it was, it was big, don't get me wrong, but it was big for the wrong reasons. <laughs> it could have been such a fascinating, like, world. She could have created so much more with, like, Rosalie's backstory of how she was turned and how, you know, she was pretty much jumped by six men and left for dead and then got revenge on those six men when she was turned. Like, Edward's backstory could have been a little flushed out, even. Like, I know he killed some serial killers or, like, some some rapists in his day, but, like, I know nothing, like, about him before Bella. Like, I know Bella's the main character, but we don't even know much about her life before Edward either. And... You know, people were suggesting, like, a whole story rewritten in Edward's point of view, and I don't know if that was where I wanted it to go, but I wanted more. So much more. Like, maybe about the Volturi that had, like, you know, the history of it, why Carlisle got involved, why he left, like, what he did while he was there, why the Volturi has this weird, like, authority over the vampire worlds. Like, what happened after Bella and Edward confronted them? Like, what goes on afterwards? Like, where, like, Renesmee growing up? Like, they could have done a lot more with the series than they did, in my personal opinion. Whether it be books, or comic books, or more movies, or whatever. Um, even though Robert Pattinson would not agree to do anything else with Twilight after his contract was up. He was donezo. And I don't blame him, because a lot of it was garbage. And, like, the acting wasn't great. I'll give, like... I mean, everybody loved it anyway. I don't know how they managed to have such a grand success with such poor writing <laughs> for the movies. Like, it's cringy. I will 100% stand by that. It is a cringy, like, poorly written movie. The books aren't wonderfully written either. Like, if, if I were to do a dramatic reading of Twilight, I would. But, like, people have done that and they've gotten in trouble for it. However... Um, you know, it could have been better, but it, it got so big anyway, and that makes me wonder, like, what made it huge besides, you know, its giant, passionate female fan base. Twilight got big because women were involved. That's why. Let's be real here. They got big. The Twilight franchise was a huge success because little girls and women and middle-aged women, moms, were into it. That's why. That's why Fifty Shades of Grey got so much traction. Because it was, like, a primarily female fan base. Does that say women have bad taste? No. It just says that they're more passionate about the things they like, and that's why they get bigger. Men who, you know, like, if men were into Twilight, and, like, Twilight was socially acceptable to be liked by men, it would just be another movie. But because it was based around, like, its female fan base of, like, young girls who wanted to be in love with Edward, and moms who were, like, also fantasizing over Edward Cullen, like, which was weird in its own, but, like, whatever. Um, you know, it just kind of shows you what a, what a primarily female fan base can do. Um, so that's all I have for today on Twilight, is just me being so grateful for this stupid little movie franchise. That, like, kickstarted my, my life into what it is today. Um, Twilight definitely developed a lot of my personality. Um, to be, like, 
because, I mean, I found my music through it. I found other movies through it. I found actors I really liked. I was obsessed with Robert Pattinson for a really long time. I'm still obsessed with Kristen Stewart. Like, these people got me into other movies that were a lot better than Twilight and, like, movies I enjoyed. And, like, I never went through that phase where I was like, oh, Twilight is stupid. Twilight sucks. Like, I was on the Twilight train in the beginning. And I stand by that. I will die on that hill that Twilight was a great first obsession. I'm proud of myself for that. It could have been worse. Also could have been better. I won't lie about that. <laughs> but either way. Um, so that's all I have for you guys this week. Um, if you guys want a more in-depth analyzation of Twilight, feel free to let me know because I would love to say more about this. I would love to have like a series on this podcast where I just talk about Twilight for hours and maybe I will one day. Maybe, maybe that's something for Patreon only. Speaking of Patreon, we go and slide right into our Patreon read because I have it up this time. So thank you again to my patrons amanda satterfield Haley park holly rapkin max cat caitlin st louis lex henderson mary cabral molly Sinya, shelby church sophia tina and my mom thank you guys so very much i appreciate you guys you have no idea um i know i say that every week still stands um I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, um, and if you had, have nothing to say about Twilight or have no relation to Twilight, that's also totally fine. Um, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.